Just a Good Conversation, podcast number three. The Webster Dictionary defines willingness as, I quote, is the quality or state of being prepared to do something. Readiness. When I think of Mike Greenlee, that word comes to mind. For 15 years, I had the honor of working alongside Mike at Cal State Fullerton. Viewed as the best baseball player ever to wear the uniform at La Mirada High School, he continued his career at Cal State Fullerton. Mike was inducted into the Cal State Fullerton Athletic Hall of Fame in 2013 with the 1995 NCAA Championship World Series team. That team is regarded as the best baseball team ever to play college baseball. Now working as a design coordinator for the Associated Students at Cal State Fullerton. And with that, my friend and my willingness buddy, Mike Greenley. Hey there, Matt. How are you, bud? I'm doing all right. I would have said Mike Greenberg, but we'll get into that story. <laughs> we'll get to later, later. Yeah. How hey, are you? I'm doing all right. You said that there was going to be a big breakfast here this morning, and there's no, uh, there's no craft services. It, it'll come. Okay. It comes at 10:30. Right now, you're only allowed two bottles of Tavic water. Beautiful. They're small right. waters, like small. airplane jet blue waters. They are. It's beautiful. Don't overdrink. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's hear Mike's story, because you are the first guest not to be born, or at least I don't know this, in Orange County. I was not born in Orange County. Right. I was born in Downey. Downey. Rio Honda Hospital. My grandparents' hometown. My mother was born there, and I believe uh, maybe my grandparents were born there. How old is that hospital? Now, I, I'm not dating I, your grandparents, I but... Maybe not that particular hospital, but I know uh, the same doctor gave birth to numerous people in our family. Okay. Um, I had the same doctor until I was probably, I don't know, 13 or 14. Wow. He gave birth to me and all the way, all the way through. Right. And it was at the same medical center. They moved to La Mirada from Downey. And uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty interesting having the same doctor. And now like with insurance and, you know, different healthcare organizations, it's totally different than the way Oh, we sure. grew up, yeah, and uh, you don't get that level of service or knowledge of the patients that you once had. Yeah, I mean, they saw doc- me coming out of the womb. <laughs> your doctor doesn't know you. <laughs> he doesn't know me. Yeah. No. So you're the oldest of three. Oldest of three. Yeah, we're all five years apart. Um, wow, that's yeah, good math. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're all five years apart. So uh, my my younger brother Matt is uh, let's see, what am I? Forty six now. So he's thirty six. Yeah. He's thirty six, and my sister is. Uh, 31. 31. Yep. So was that planned like a congressional Senate kind of term? I don't think so. I think, uh, you know, I I don't know. I've I've never really discussed it. (laughs) One one of them is an oops. Okay. Um, I don't know if it was the youngest or the middle one, but after 15 years, that might be an oops. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So, uh, yeah, we, we grew up in, in, in well... Did my, you grow up in the house that I know where your mom lives now, in La Mirada? Most of my life. Okay. Um, that was a new house when, when they bought it in, like, I think it was 1977. It was like that a... That whole track yeah, area. Yeah, so La Mirada is a very old area. They've got a lot of houses, those uh, you know cookie-cutter houses from the 50s and, right. and that kind of stuff. But the, the track that we were in was kind of a new... I want to say when I was growing up, your Belinda was that type of area. Right um, now, like the Coda Causes and the, you know going south, um, but La Mirada was kind of that area was a little bit on the you know middle upper class type of area, and I think my 
mom and dad got in early on, on a good price in the house. And that's great back then. So, um, we moved from Norwalk. They grew up in Norwalk. My mom and dad, um, lived probably 20 houses apart from each other. Wow. Um, and my mom, so they knew each other growing up. They went to high school together. Um, for sure. I don't know about elementary school, but my dad was four years older. So he was a senior when my mom was a freshman okay. type of thing. Um, but my mom and her best friend were next door neighbors. My dad and his brother both married. So my, my mom okay. and dad got married right. and the brother of my, my uncle married my mom's best friend. So it was kind of a weird, uh, like I said, within 20 houses of each other down the street. Right. And, uh, yeah, so it's kind of an interesting story of mom and dad. And then we ended up moving. I think they moved to a house after they got married. That's where I was born in Norwalk. Okay. Or I was born in Downey, but they lived in Norwalk. And then we moved to La Mirada, and I pretty much stayed there until until uh, I was 23, 24, something okay. like that. Yeah, now and then that, I moved out. Now, you're right at the end of the park, Right, that yep. house. Yep. I mean, that must be great that you've got that giant long river park with bridges yeah. and the whole thing. I mean, it's like an extension of a playground. It was totally. It totally was. Um, grew up. Uh, we're right there on La Mirada Boulevard, so it's it was kind of crazy. You couldn't go that way, or else you get hit by a car. Right. But going down, you know, down down the street, it was a long. I don't know what it is, two, three, four football fields long. It's a street, and then the park runs adjacent to it. Um, bridges and that was a BMX wonderland right uh, take the bike down go down the hill hit the bridge do clear <laughs> the whole bridge um, there was three or four bridges going down that way and then there was a tunnel there's uh you know crawdads growing oh, yeah. in, the, in the in the in the sewer I don't know they they called it the the sewer but it wasn't really a sewer I think right. it, it's just it, runoff. It's runoff water right um, but there's a lot of moss and crawdads and whatnot and underneath the bridges water would pool up and then frogs would grow and so you'd see tadpoles and little mini frogs and it was kind of a cool place so you, you did you have a lot of kids in the neighborhood um what was your that, neighborhood like because I, I talked about this with phil the other day like depending on your neighborhood are there were, were you the oldest or were the new kids moving in or was there there was probably three of us four of us the same age but um to be honest, just it was weird because the street got kind of cut up. Everybody at the end of the street was like the end of the street. Right. People in the middle street kind of hung out. And then me and Valerie, who has lived across the street, uh, we were kind of the same age uh, growing up. And we just had that boy-girl, like, I hate boys, I hate right. girls type stuff. So we didn't really hang out. Um, what's funny is, like, I've... I grew to respect her, like going up through high school and stuff. And she's actually become a really good uh, interior designer in Newport Beach and <laughs> follower on on stuff. And I remember her, you know, in in her room drawing and her first start into that type of world in her education. Um, so I didn't have a ton of friends on my street per se. That park would be perfect for just like oh, I mean, when friends war, came over, yeah, when people came over, that's where we went. We yeah. rode our bikes down there. We hung out there. A lot of wiffle ball games, wiffle ball tournaments, yeah. that kind of stuff. We would set up, we'd line our bikes and throw blankets over them to create walls, and then we, we'd be able to move move the field wherever we want. So we'd play a couple days in a certain area, and then the wind would change, and we don't want that wind. So we'd go and find somewhere else to play. So that was, it was a it was a great place. Down at the end of that park, there's actually a hilly area. Right. So for the war games, the shooting, the yeah. hide-and-seeks, um, it was perfect for that kind of stuff. So you can go into the park and then up into the hill, into the trees and stuff like that. And then there at the end was like a tunnel. 
Well, actually, both ends, there's a tunnel. One tunnel sure. goes to Biola College, and the other end goes um, back behind where currently Home Depot is. Right. So um, you could go and explore even further. How there's far more, would you more, go? Um, on a typical day, I wouldn't go past the end of our street. But okay. when I was exploring, I'd go down, um, I don't know, Maybe to I think it hits Lambert or Leffingwell down there somewhere. That's a pretty so good. It's, far. it's a pretty yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a pretty good ride. You get that boy juices going. You're yeah, like, I'm exactly, going exactly. For a... But I didn't have a lot of I didn't have a lot of friends on the street, so it was dependent on who came. My over? friends coming over okay. or me going to their house. I mean, we would go other places. I had friends that lived over by the golf course in La Mirada, so I don't know what that is. It's probably not very far, but as a 10, 11, 12-year-old riding his bike. It's, it was a distance. Right. Well, now, were your parents pretty open to just letting you go? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think just... Because parents wasn't a thing yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say it wasn't it wasn't a thing back then. I mean, I still had to get permission and still right. had to, like... My parents were pretty much like... Little Mikey's in the tunnel again? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I was I was a good kid for the most part, too. I didn't right. get myself in a lot of trouble, so... No run-ins with the law? No. Okay, no, good. No. <laughs> good. <laughs> that stuff. Yeah. Even though you had a college right across the street from you, a little sleepy Biola. Yeah, exactly. And that was kind of a cool place to go explore, too. It was a good place that had a big, flat, open area to ride your bike. And there's a, a pool that you go in the summer. They had open, open. Oh. Yeah, the pool at Biola, you'd go and pay, I think it was 75 cents to get in. Oh, and you'd go and you'd stay there all day. Right. You know, it's supervised and whatnot. Right. Um, Some Biola girl watching you all day swim. Yeah. I mean, they had lessons. And yeah, the whole thing. I mean, it was very similar to what, you know, Cal State Fullerton offers, but it was way more like just kids but it was rolling in. Literally across the street. You would bring 70, you'd bring a dollar so you could have 75 cents to get into the pool and then 25 cents to get some candy or whatever at the, <laughs> at the snack shack because they allowed drinks and right. candy at the pool. And, yeah. Yeah. So M&M's was, and soda? Exactly, oh my gosh. Exactly. So Was it gluten free? Uh, probably not. Probably not. Yeah. yeah. Which is better. <laughs> you don't want gluten exactly. free M&M's. Uh, you know, little things like uh, Todd Worrell, the, the old baseball player, uh-huh. the pitcher, he went to he went to Biola, so you'd see his name on the wall and be like, oh, Todd Worrell went here. Ooh. Even though he played for the Cardinals, I mean, later for the Dodgers. But yeah, it's big. it was a major leaguer, played right across the street You could here. have had his baseball it, card, it, it, so you're, now you're like, what? Right, I could have gone to see him play. That was another thing. There's a baseball field over there. You never know what's going on. It was way nicer than the Little League fields that I grew up right. with. And But I actually never saw them playing. I don't know if they didn't have the program or if... They were always practicing when I wasn't around, or maybe I was only going over there during the summer and right. nothing was going on. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a really cool area. I mean, La Mirada Regional Park is nearby. Right. They had, um, you know, right now, I don't know what they're famous for. Back then, there was a BMX track. Did you used to ride that? that Abs- was- oh, I got crushed on that thing once. Like, right. Really bad in my man, in my man parts. <laughs> I, got, uh, I went over there by myself, uh, went down. It was a really steep drop in. Uh-huh. They, they had the cages and everything where you yes. line your bikes up and it drops down. You go over that thing and you start pedaling. First jump was a tabletop. You come out of a curve, tabletop went up and I had a... Uh, Could you close your eyes right now and run that course through your head? I can. Actually, yeah. I can. I'm doing it like that's what I was doing right now. <laughs> that's um, But that's... The best part of childhood. Absolutely. I had a, a mongoose BMX bike. I had that? Shiny blue oh, mine was chrome. Cr- oh, it was yes, chrome yes. with the blue pads. Beautiful. Got it for Christmas. It was one of those things I wanted, wanted, wanted. Got, took it up to the Burger King to get a Coke in the summertime. Yes. Walked in, got a Coke, came out, bike was gone. Oh. Stolen. Uh, oh. So... 
the replacement bike is what I took to the BMX track. Oh. Replacement bike was a bike that got at a garage sale for probably five bucks. <laughs> Uh, didn't have the tightest handlebars. <laughs> Hit that tabletop, like, came down on the other side. Bars swooped, uh, swooped all the way down. My my crotch hit the uh, go, the gooseneck that didn't have the nice shiny blue pads that wouldn't have helped anyway. And I remember laying in the middle of that track by myself, crying. Sure. Just I'm just tearing up now. Just bawling, and then I I walked that bike home. And angry at that bike, yeah, I'm sure. I, I, Bike's fault. I was afraid of what was going on underneath <laughs> my pants. <laughs> and the discoloration was not oh. good at that point. And, and I was how old af- are you at this point? Uh, 11, oh, 12. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Course. Embarrassed. Right. Not something you want to go show mom. Probably the know? most, that at that point, the most extreme pain you have oh, felt. Oh, absolutely at that point. Right. Yeah. Well, I had I had, had my finger chopped off in elementary school by a door by the, the school bully. <laughs> um, tip of my finger was stuck in the door. I wanted to be the first guy in line. Put the hand up on the door. He comes in and shuts the door. And my finger was in the big steel elementary school door. Yeah. In the, in the crack. They finally opened it up and it was just dangling there so it got reattached that was the most pain that i remember not your man parts but then but then that was the most probably most embarrassing because (laughs) i didn't want to show mom didn't want to show dad at that point i was pretty pretty guarded and And you got uh, a limp handle bike we got to pull yeah it's not even my bike you know what i mean like that was what was frustrating it's like i'd go and i'd tighten that thing down as tight as i could and it it let me down and i don't know if you remember (laughs) that scene in karate kid when he throws his bike because he's mad yeah, at it. Yeah. That's what I did. I got home and I threw that. Eventually got the mongoose back. The yeah. police the police found it. Wow. Didn't look like my mongoose anymore. Oh, no. They had they had dismantled it, put new bike new parts on it, new, you know, new pedals, new tires, new brakes. It was the frame that they had the How the hell did they find serial it? number. I don't oh. know. A serial number on it. Like because my parents had just bought it. There was a receipt and serial numbers and all that stuff. So you reported it. We reported it well, stolen that's and all very that stuff. American I know exactly. Got it back. It wasn't my bike though. Like it totally didn't ride like my old mongoose. So did it never in which way did it ride better? Just or just because it wasn't yours? It wasn't mine. It didn't feel like the mongoose that I had, had stolen. But okay. I mean Did you keep it? Yeah, I mean, it was my bike. Right. It's the only bike I had. I wasn't getting okay. another. I don't know what the bike cost at that point. Two, three hundred dollars, maybe. Right. So you got that was expen- spoof, expensive. Boost up mongoose bike. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, red. It red. It had red uh, pedals on it, and it had no pads on it. All the the braking system had changed. Like they'd put new brakes on it. New. It had wow. like red red tires on it. So like my whoever stole your bike really wanted they to upgrade. The, they messed it up. Like yeah. they messed it up. It was so much better. So yeah, we had La Mirada Regional Park too. Um, that was a fun place to to be. They had all the those metal slides, the big rocket ship that was oh, built yes. like a, a giant. I mean, it was probably three stories tall. You climb all, all the way, all steel. Um, you know, burning kids. One hundred and thirty degrees in the burning July. kids. It didn't matter. It was like a and cool you, place. Even when you knew it was hot. Still you go. Still got on Still it. go. Absolutely. Yeah. You figure out a way to use your feet instead of your thighs. Your tough skin yeah, jeans. Your jeans. And you just yeah. go for it. Yeah. They so, wax up sooner or later. Exactly. Either the jeans are your ass. One exactly. of them. So that place was cool. La Mirada Golf Course. Uh, did a little bit of golfing growing up, but it was a, I mean, it was a cool place to live. Did you? Where did baseball start to become a love for you? Because you are... 
you are in love with baseball. Yes. So yes. where did that love start? My, Were my, you just a sports guy or did it fall to baseball? It fell to baseball. Um, I remember, I remember my first memory of baseball. Okay. 1981. My dad took me to the world series. Wow. I think that was my first game. I think I went. Yeah, how old? Uh, I am 74 to 81. Yeah. So, so seven, years, seven years old. It's in the six, six to seven year old range. I'd probably played T-ball. Okay. Um, maybe that first, you know, first little league uh, so step just, above mine, uh, above T-ball. Right. Just the two of you. Um, I think we went with his, uh, with his uh, partner, his business partner. Okay. Um, they had four, had four tickets. I think the three of us went, maybe a fourth at the at the time. I don't know. They're, they probably weren't ticket prices like they are today. No, um, it they was three seventy five to go to the game. Exactly. The I remember I walked up the first time seeing the stadium, or my first memory is walking up. We were behind the foul pole. Rick Monday was out there, white, you know, white right. Dodger uniform, number sixteen, and all the bunting was around the stadium. All the you know the flags mm-hmm. and all, all that stuff was going on. Um, I don't remember much about the game. I, I've actually tried to look at it. I can't remember if I went to you know game one or game five. I don't. I right. don't remember what it was. Was but, it a night game? Uh, it was dusk. Yeah, it okay. was. Du- it was dusk. So it was an evening evening game, um, and it got dark. I remember it being dark, but I don't remember much about the game. But from then on, I was a Dodger fan. I think I was a baseball fan. Um, and just kept kept going with with little league. I mean, little league was kind of little league was my life. I mean, for for a long time, it was. I couldn't wait for whenever it was April, February, right. when when you'd sign up in February and then opening day in April, and then you play find that. Out if you find who's out on who's your on your team. Do you get Jimmy? Do you get Bob? Exactly. Who's exactly. this guy? Um, New you know, kid moves into the neighborhood. Whatever. Yeah, and there was no. There was no reason for it for me. Like I didn't have like today. Kids are going and they're playing summer leagues to get better. And right. to, I was playing baseball because I really loved it. And I think I was one of those like I had potential type of guys. I threw hard, but I couldn't control it. I was okay at hitting early on in my <laughs> early on in my baseball career. That changed. I'm not a good hitter. Was never a good hitter. Um, but uh, yeah, just growing up, it was. It was something that I enjoyed doing, and um, something I looked forward to every year. Okay. And I didn't play summer ball, so there was a long time between July or whenever baseball season stopped. Right, because it was until when, the next February. Right. When we were kids, it was a little season. Yeah. Now yeah, yeah. that it's it's constant year round. Year round. Yeah. Training. Yeah. Playing. Traveling. Tournaments for weeks in Vegas, in Arizona. Yep. You got all it's and it's just so taxing on everybody. Not yes. just not. I mean, parents, the player, but the parents the and the families staff and everybody. And, Absolutely. Yeah. Now, so did no other sport piqued your interest, whether it was basketball or football or swimming? Or, I tried soccer one year. Okay, and that's a very good sport to put a kid into. See, just yeah, deal. Yeah, yeah. Do you um, got coordination? Can you run? I. I didn't care for it. I, I don't. I, I don't know. I tried it. Played a season. You know, I played the whole thing. You know, right. My mom. My mom and dad were always like, "You're going to sign up for this. You're going to do do it." You know, even even though I wanted to give up 
you know, because I, I didn't really care for it. Like, I didn't understand why you'd be the back right wing guy, right? When the front three guys always had the ball. What was what was the point of playing? That, that was no fun. Yeah. Like, you want to be the guy scoring a goal every once in a while, but, um, you know, I played with some good soccer players, so. I just it wasn't my thing, so I played one year. Um, played NJB, which is basketball. Okay. Um, played I, th- I want to say two seasons of that. Um, see, that's where I would think people would start to peg you because obviously it's a podcast, so people don't see that you're a tall man. I wasn't always tall, right? Though. But as you start to get tall, people yes. go, "Oh, you want to play basketball?" Right, right. Oh. Oh, no one says, hey, six foot four guy, you should be playing baseball. It's immediately they start pegging you into volleyball, right. basketball, something long and lanky. Um, when did your spurt grow and all of a sudden you just. It was the same as my kid? same as my daughter, 11 years old, in the summer after the summer after fifth grade. Is that a green lean trait? I guess so. <laughs> I mean, she's doing the same thing right now, but I grew six inches that summer. That in three hurt. months. It hurt that really hurt. bad. It really bad. And I think it, it affected my running and my all that stuff in the future because I grew six, legitimately six inches between fifth and sixth grade. I came back and I was taller. I was like knobby kneed. Right. My, my shins hurt. My ankles hurt. My knees hurt all the time. You know, it didn't stop me from doing kid stuff, but... Right. Um, but there's this growing pain like you're 90 years old in your body. Yeah, exactly. And it was just like I couldn't stop moving my legs when I was sleeping, that kind of stuff. So um, oh, I was, never, was I never had that problem. <laughs> Tell me about this. Wait, it might come. It might come. Um, so elementary school, we had like, you know, the elementary school sports where the schools would play each other. We'd play flag football and basketball and things like that. And I would always go out for those because I was fairly athletic. Um play play those uh as i was getting older my baseball skills were being noticed by people so when we were playing sixth grade flag football i was the quarterback okay the quarterback hurt himself and couldn't be the quarterback so i was the quarterback because i could throw the ball right um i wasn't a very good quarterback i don't understand that whole like being able to decide on the fly where you're going to throw. Like, if you told me you're going to throw to Matt, he's going to go here and here, I could do that. But if I have options, no chance. I'm going to throw to the the first thing I see. So um, my arm was good. I I could run fairly. I wasn't fast, but... I was agile, whatever. Um, basketball. The, from fifth grade, I was. I tried out for the team, didn't make it. Come back, all of a sudden, I'm one of the top three tall kids in the school, and uh, all of a sudden, I'm on the basketball team. Very Michael Jordan, of right? You. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, was on the basketball team, and what else did we do? There was no volleyball, softball. I mean, we right. play in, in elementary school, so. Um, but th- that was it. I mean, high school, I, I, and I ended yeah, up so playing. Then, so you go to high school. Where does it all of a sudden become you separate yourself from the pack? What's interesting is, and I, I would say that this is a story of my entire life, is I didn't know what was going on. Right. I don't know what's going on at the time. I mean, it's, it's different now than it is then. So sure. you can sit here and go, how did you not know? But like back then, it was like you play, you're playing high school baseball. Right. There was no end game to that. There was no, you're going to go to college. And even if you did go to college, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually chose my sophomore year, I chose to play my senior league, little league, instead of varsity baseball as or or. JV baseball as a freshman. Okay. I choose, I choose little league over playing high school ball. Okay. As a freshman. 
as a freshman. Okay. So whatever that is, 13 years old, 14 now, years old. Now, were there tryouts for you then so that you could have made varsity as a freshman? Because that... Yeah. No, the, the high school coach actually was like, what are you going to do? Are you going to play baseball? Or are you going to do... What are you going to do? So he was there watching, um, and I chose... Because I, I didn't know the implications. Right. And, and it really ultimately didn't matter. But, like, at the time, I had an opportunity. I could have made varsity as a freshman. I could have. Um, but Nobody I, I, said to you, Mike, no, Michael. No. No, Mikey. no, no. Right. No, and, you know. So it's uh, interesting. At that time, it's in your hands. Absolutely. Today, and I, again. Today, you had an yeah. advisor or called uncle. Right. I'm winking. Exactly. Right? Your dad, exactly. your mom, your social media, everybody be telling you. How yeah. to run your life. And this is this isn't a fault. Like I don't like I look back and I, I say no, this is it. this is a reason, but my I never blame my dad or my mom for not knowing these things. Right, because absolutely not. again, I'm sure we'll get to it, but this is how I ended up playing baseball at Cal State Fullerton. Right. My this dad was, my dad didn't say go play baseball. My dad wasn't my dad was saying go to school, but he wasn't saying where, he wasn't saying how, he wasn't saying this is what you should be doing. So I was making these decisions on on the fly at the last second um with no with no forethought as to why or what i was doing so you know i play i play i play that senior league and i'm a star because i'm like how much of a star like by far the best i'm the best pitcher out there i mean i'm playing shortstop and i'm not like a power hitter or anything like that but i'm playing shortstop i'm i'm the best athlete on my team for sure i'm i'm an all-star you know what I mean? I'm right. an all-star. I'm pitching. I'm the number one pitcher on the all-star team or the number two pitcher on the all-star team. So I'm I'm good as a 13-year-old, right. 14-year-old. Because I, I say that because I played with – I was very fortunate. I played with people where everybody knew, he knew, you could see it, best person on the field, best person in the league, best person in the conference, best person in California. Like it was just – Right. Wow. Right. Um, I think but, I'm, I'm. I think at that point I'm on my. I'm on my path to that. I'm okay. not. I'm not that guy yet. Okay. Um, I'm on all stars. I'm. The coach is coming out. He's he's scouting me in my senior league. Right. And you can is, tell he's not happy because this is what eighty five. Oh no. Let's see. Eighty. So we're we're talking my my freshman year in high school is eighty seven eighty eight. Okay. Uh, let's see, yeah, 87, 88 ish. Okay. Yeah, 89 was my sophomore year where I played, I believe, somewhere around there. Okay. Um, so I finished that up. He basically, coach says, you're going to come play. And my hair is growing out long. And I, I, right. I don't even know what I'm doing. Everybody's right. got a mullet. And you're just I, a kid. Yeah, I come out, and all my buddies that I've played Little League growing up with, um, they're, you know, they've already put in their freshman year right. at JV. They've put, you know, and then I come in and I I don't know if I earned my way or if I was just put on the varsity team, but I'm a sophomore on the varsity team with my buddies that had just done JV and went through that that process. So um, that now first that, year, uh, go that's ahead. That's interesting, though, because that doesn't happen today. There is no other league to play outside no. of high school baseball it's now an assembly line yep seventh and eighth grade and you're moving through and you're being watched and now you're going yeah. to and now people are deciding what school do i go to do right. i go to this school do i go to that school do i do the hold my kid back crap right so he can be one year bigger stronger faster yeah 
you make that decision. You're, re- you're being recruited to go to certain high schools, right? That I mean, that that just seems out of the out of the question from right. When I was Can going you imagine if I don't know who would if Whittier Cal High would have come to Mike and said, "I think you should come play for us," right? I and don't know say, what I, I don't know say, what I would have done. Why? Yeah, exactly. I don't know what I would have done. Right. Why do you want me to become a condor? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is where I was supposed to go. Right. Why? Why are you offering me these things? Yeah. Um, no, that wasn't. So you're moving into the sophomore year. Uh huh. Obviously, was there any animosity? Any kind of feeling like all of a sudden you've come from out of our JV freshman? Now you're a sophomore on the team. Uh, I didn't feel that. Okay. Uh, I didn't feel that. Um, my high school coach is actually an NFL referee now, Tony okay. Kareni. Um and he—I don't know—he he ran he ran a pretty, from what I from what I've learned over the years, he ran a college program at a high school level before that was a thing. Right. Um, we were very very much organized, like a, co- a college practice. He ran the team very much like George Horton did, um, fatherly figure. Um, I would consider him one of my early mentors um, without him knowing that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I learned a lot of my temperament when I later coached high school baseball and and just how I carried myself through baseball. Um, but there was no animosity. I didn't feel that at all. I did feel a little bit out of place because I wasn't part of that team mm-hmm. moving in. So I felt a little out of place and maybe, you know, again, as a sophomore, I'm still growing up and I think I was like five and five and got, you know, 20 innings and was the number three or number four pitcher in a high school team, which really is just middle relief. Right. But I was getting starts and doing whatever. And we were pretty good. Actually, La Mirada at the time, I think they had, uh, either one CIF or something in the 80s, late 80s, 88, 89, uh, or 87, 88, somewhere around there. So a couple years removed from, like, they won the big championship. Again, I don't even know what this is. Like, cool, you won won a championship. Well, Um, you have no older brother who went there. Yeah five years prior and to say like, okay, listen, we, we have this tradition here at La Mirada baseball, right? You're coming in, you're going to follow it. So you're just, I'm just coming in. Yeah. Blind, happy kid. Yep. Boy, that must've been just beautiful. It was, yeah, it was, it was great. Cause today you got eighth graders that know everything about everybody's school. Right. and, And kids make decisions. I'm not going to school X because they already have a shortstop there. Yeah. Or I'm not, it's, it's, right? Is that silly? Yeah, it, it's it's really silly. It takes away a lot of the joy of the sport. Right. Um, and it's know, from administrators, coaches, parents to the kids. Everywhere. Yeah. yeah. All all the way down. It's it's like a little mini business. I mean, the fundraising that they do now, the uh, you know, everybody's got a you know, I thought it was cool when you got the no snap hat. You got the <laughs> Right. You've made it. Finally. Yeah. But nobody in the stands had that because right. you as a player have that. Now the people in the stands have the same gear the players are wearing. Right. So there's no like differentiate. Like you, you're not feeling special as, as right. that player anymore. Like I remember we got those, you know, the, the big game jackets. The I don't know what, what was big that? Puffy, big puffy. Big puffy. Like that. I wore that thing all the time on campus. Big you man wore- on campus. It wasn't my Letterman's jacket, but like. But it only was the j- baseball only players. Only the baseball players had it. Right. Every, anybody, had your number on it. Right. Like, it was yours, right. that kind of thing. So, like, 
that's where I started feeling this shift. My junior year, I, I don't know, something happened and now, I- Are you done growing or are you still growing a little bit? Oh, uh, let's see. Is I you, may have another inch in me. Um, okay. My my weight definitely went up That's since then. Say, but what's your weight? Uh, from that? I, then I was, uh, I was 15 about to six, 16. I was six two one eighty. Okay, something like that. So, um, pretty big kid, pretty imposing figure on the mound. Uh, tall and lanky, Jack McDowell ish. You know, right. like that kind. Um, I've definitely filled out since then, and filled out into college uh, even more um, from that point. But um, Good size. Now, here's another thing. There's no weight training. No. There's no have nutritional value, you know, get this, eat that, do that. It's just you eating what your mom puts in front of you and whatever exercise takes place. Yeah. But there's no, today's power lifting leg day. We did did a little weight lifting in the off season. But not like today's. Yeah, it was our PE class. Right. And the coach didn't even show up. So (laughs) we were were managing ourselves. He would give us a suggested, you know... um, we had an assistant coach come in every every once in a while just to manage and make sure that no one died underneath the barbells. Right. But, you know, pitchers were not lifting weights. Pitchers were doing long reps, light weights, right. stretching. Um, they didn't even have us running at that point. Like Servite's weight room today <laughs> is better than the Rams training facility when they were here in the 80s. My mom took me one time, and theirs looked like a bad hotel weight room. Mm-hmm. Now, Servite's weight room today looks like some just facility. It's a compound with tires and pads and boxes and racks and racks and rows. Everything's branded and labeled and slogans and and not the ones with the bad eagles that say inspire to be great. No, it's, (laughs) you know. Full-fledged, major league. Full-fledged, yes. Yeah. Um, It it wasn't that. So whatever weight you were putting on was just whatever mom put in front of you. Yeah, it was natural. It was all all natural. Um, I was a side armor. Three quarters. I wasn't like Kent Tacovey down submarine right. style, but um, I was three quarters. Uh, now, did you see that and develop it, or just natural throwing? It's natural throwing, and I'd always been told. I, I just I remember my little league coaches get your arm up, get your arm up, get your arm up. You know, this is a precursor to right. to later where uh, I'd en- eventually have arm trouble, but. Um, I don't necessarily attribute my arm trouble to sidearm. It was uh, the follow through of the sidearm. You can be a sidearmer and, and do it correctly, right. uh, which I wasn't because I was successful doing it the way I was doing it. And no one, I mean, people were trying to get me to get my arm up, stay higher, throw the top of the baseball, all these things that right. um, you may hear growing up or at a higher level. I was. Tr- they were trying to get me there, but it, I was so successful at the sidearm level, the movement I was getting on my pitches, the two-seam fastball. I'm learning all these things on the fly, <clears throat> um, and it's better than anybody else around. Right. Um, my slider was moving two or three feet. You know, starting in the strike zone and just sweeping out of the out of the zone. And you're a right-hander. I'm a right-hander. Yeah. Um, you know, my two seam fastball, they, they said I had a heavy ball. Like I wasn't, I wasn't blazing fast. I threw hard, right? but the movement that I'd have would constantly hit that catcher right in that part of the glove that didn't have the padding. Right. Um, just be, yeah, just pop real loud. Um, so I was learning those things. Now who's Uh, teaching you these pitches? Um, well, 
Tony Kareni was very instrumental in the day to day. We our pitching coach was a, a, a gentleman named Al Smilowitz. He's an old man, had a lot of. He had pitched. He always joked that he had played with Babe Ruth, but I really think he did. <laughs> um, he, he was an older gentleman. Um, his son was a football coach, um, so it ran in the family in La Mirada. He was always there. He and Kareni were like. It was Kareni and Smilowitz. Right. Um, so he was there guiding me, and I think he saw something special okay. and would let me go. And this is this is days before calling pitches, and I think there were suggestions every once in a while, like, hey, you should do this. But right. my catchers in high school, my starting my junior year, were calling the pitches. Like they were they were making the decision, and I was saying yes or no. So um, things were again things were different. But we're working on bullpens, <laughs> right. and now there's charts and graphs, and someone's yeah, got an there was, iPad. There was, there was none yeah. of that. None of that. It was all feel where the guy in the box is, their reaction to the pitch before. Can they catch up to this? Right. Are they going to hit this? That kind of stuff. Um, I eventually, I want to say that I was throwing 87, 88 as a junior, okay. which is pretty good in high school, mm-hmm. um, especially for no training. Like right. there was no, I wasn't going to a special off season thing where I was trying to gain five miles an hour. Oh, um, they were trying to get my mechanics to be smooth and, um, you know, things worked out as a junior. We ended up making it to the CIF finals. Um, we went through Sean Green's Tustin team that was supposedly like supposed to be the uh, the uh, CIF champion that year. We got through him. He uh, is one of two major leaguers that hit the hardest ball off of me. <laughs> he hit he hit a ball that I'm not joking. Probably didn't get more than three feet off the ground, and it hit the wall. Um, just mashed got a, it. Yeah, he got a he got a single. It was hit so hard it was a single off the wall um, in the semifinal game of CIF. And then we ended up playing Mike Sweeney's undefeated Ontario team. He played a long time for the Royals. Um, they ended up beating us. Um, we had a rough rough beginning to to our CIF final game at Angel Stadium. But that that's where I got my first taste of this is how it could be in the future. Right. Um, you know, kind of going back. That was kind of when people ask you what do you want to be. I, I, from when I was seven until my senior year of high school, the answer was I'm going to play Major League Baseball. It was a dream that I didn't know how difficult it was. There was no one telling sure. you the stats. It, I just thought it was something. If you're good enough, it happens. You go there, right? And I knew about minor leagues and you know spring trainings and stuff like that. But if you want to talk about later, I can tell you when that dream actually burst. Like, and I'm like, I didn't believe what I was seeing. But that's I, I wanted to be a baseball player. So like, I was good, and I kept trying to be better. And I ended up being 23 and one my junior and senior year. Um, you know, like seven saves and my ERA was like 1.1 or something like that. So I was pretty good in, in high school. Um, I don't know where I'd rank myself. I was the, you know, the Southwest player of the year. I was on the press telegrams, uh, what was that? The dream team right. back then with Nomar Garcia Parra and Dante Powell and, um, a bunch of people that went on to be major leaguers, um, Played in the area code games with Dante Powell. And that's and, big. Yeah, and, and I didn't know. Right. I didn't know what I was doing. I actually came down with some uh, planter warts on my feet 
my senior year after. And I remember them saying, do you want to play? And I was like, I could barely stand in my cleats because the metal spikes were actually hitting a couple of these things that were on my feet. And I'm like, I want to play because it's the Dodgers. I wasn't playing because I, this was going to further my career. It was a showcase for people. It was because it was the Dodgers area code team. Right. I was going to get to wear Dodger uniform. You know what I mean? And sure. That's so huge. I went at, that actually got me to go get those warts removed off of my feet <laughs> so that I could play in these Dodger uniforms. I actually wore Jeff Hamilton's uniform, his spring training uniform, because they oh, gave you, you know what I'm saying? Like, right, I mean, these are so silly, like thinking about it now, but back then, you didn't have a Dodger uniform just laying around that you could put on. You couldn't go and find were, it. Yeah, they were so soft, they and they were like caught. They were like a different polyester than right. the stiff ones that I was wearing in right. high school. They didn't sell them. No, so like you could see, they'd written his number in it. His last name was in the pants, the jersey. You know what I mean? So, um, that was cool for me. That was really cool for me. And then, you know. Uh, I don't know where you want to go, but well, like we can well, keep, keep going. So, so no, but so okay, your senior year ends. Yeah. Is there any now like recruiting? Anybody showing up? Anybody knocking on doors? Well, that's that's a funny story too. My right, last because, game, my last game of my senior year is when I hurt my arm. Right. So so, but but as as now you're getting recruited, like eighth, nine, ten, yeah, yeah. twelve. Because I remember covering the, like the Cole when he was. Playing and, and the Yankees, everybody's coming and like every time he threw Cole, it was like a circus. Like everybody in OC was, it was an event. At what point did you notice you're through your senior year? That it was my late in my junior year. Okay, I noticed the scouts starting to come. They can't come and talk to you right um, at, at a certain point. But late in my junior year, they started coming. You'd see the guns go up. There are ten or fifteen people in the stands, right. and different days were were different. Um, you know. They would come out more when there were multiple people to see, sure. rather than all of them come to see one person. Right. Um, I don't. I don't feel like it was that level, but I remember that game that I was pitching. Um, there was a lot of people in the stands and a lot of guns going up. Like you could see it. You get ready and set, and then all of a sudden the hands would raise. Yeah, all, it was like a bunch of people standing up. Right. You just see it out of the corner of your eyes. So you had to kind of get used now, to how that. How did you take to that? I was fine. Like, okay. I didn't know what was going on. Right. I didn't, I didn't know what. Right. Because I'm not talking to them. Right. They're just there. They're watching. They're evaluating. Are mom and dad come into games at this point? All the time. Okay. Yeah, so have yeah. they meant said? No. Mom's not like, boy, Mikey, on the way home. I think my dad would make comments like I saw some scouts and the gun said, you know, the gun. Okay. He was more. X. He was more. He was more enamored by the technology of them having a radar gun. <laughs> I mean, seriously, right, like yeah. you didn't have radar guns. No. Like you didn't. You no. couldn't. You I know, think it was I have a, an app for that on my it phone was a now. Special, yeah, it was a special <laughs> thing when you'd go to like a game and they had that little cage where you'd throw the ball and it'd measure how fast it was right. going, and it was never accurate. It didn't turn into like the Ball Family where your dad wanted a YouTube channel and no. he just bleeds off his no. kids. Like it was just. He would walk by. Because he didn't want to interrupt, and he'd like peep. peep. He'd peep to see what the, the radar gun was saying. Right. He didn't. He wasn't watching. He didn't go buy a radar gun. He didn't carry a stopwatch. Uh, my dad does, did taxes, so he would only get to see the ha second half of the season. Usually, right. he'd miss March After and April. He'd miss February, March, and April up until April fifteenth, and then he'd he'd be at right. the games. Mom was at every game. Um, big biggest cheerleader there is. Um, okay. She'd say she'd yell yes. 
every time I'd let go of the ball. <laughs> it could be five feet outside, but there would always be a yes. And like looking back, that was really awesome. Like just, you know, my best friends were there and girlfriends at the time were there. Um, that's what I, I, that's what I you lo- take, but it's it wasn't this big event where no. I'm walking on no, campus, no, 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 no. they're scouts, today's the big day. It nope. was just no. Mike having fun baseball yeah, time. Yeah, it was baseball time. And that, with That's no, so with, pure. But with no no aspirations. I don't know wh- why they're there. Right. You don't, I don't know the end game. I don't know if they're major league scouts. I don't know if they're college scouts. I don't, I don't know anything. I don't know who is there. Right. Later in my junior year, I start getting letters. Okay. Right. The typical... Recruiting it's a college. standard. It's a standard letter right. from major league teams and from colleges. Okay, and it's like, "Hi, I'm Coach Mark Marquis from Stanford. Fill out this questionnaire and send it back to us." That means nothing, but getting a letter from the baseball coach of Stanford was awesome to me. Right. I got one from the Dodgers. I got one from the Astros. I got one from the Phillies. I got one from the Padres. I got one from the A's. I'm, I keep these things in a folder because I, I got something from the A's, and it's right. like right there on the letterhead. It's just fill out a questionnaire and like get you in their database. Mm-hmm. That's all it was at the time. But um, that was really special. It, it really was. Like those were things I'd get those things in the mail. Um, Coach Kareni actually took me aside at one point. I can't remember if it was late my sophomore year or late in my junior year. And he goes, "Where do you want to go to school?" He was the first person to bring it up. That's what I want to know. So he's the guy. Coach that- Kareni says it. It's like in the summertime when. Nothing's going on. There's no school. We're sitting down in his classroom. He's like, I want to know where you want to go to school. I'm like, I, I don't know. I have no, like, right. what, is that, what does that mean? Like, so how are you academically? Uh, I am probably high, high B, okay. low A. So you're not like, oh, God. 3.7, 3.8 right. GPA. The only avenue is you know, community college because you just don't have the grades. No, no, no. And so you, you, there, there are avenues for you. Yeah, at the time. But you I, haven't thought of it. Yeah, at the time, I, I might have been able to get into Stanford. Right. You know what I mean? Like sure. Now it's probably got to be like 4.2, but back then it was probably much lower um, to, to go in and play sports. Um, so it was an actual legitimate option. So when I got those letters back, um, I think it was, a, like I said, legitimate possibility. But um, so he sat me down. He's like, where do you want to go to school? And I'm like, I don't know why. And he's like, you've got an opportunity to play baseball in college. And I was like, hmm. I had no, I had no idea. Yeah. Like, no, like. So you it's, say. <laughs> yeah, it's so, it's so silly to think back, but like really no idea. So you're so lucky how pure that was. I know. Like I know. Ha- I mean, I look back on it and so I, I, I wish your, I could. Your m- mom and dad were overbearing and screaming and hollering. Yeah. You know, this can set us up. Right. Um, None of that. Right. It was just you playing baseball with your buddies. Right. And I think as it progressed, my dad started getting a little more interested but there was no follow through. There was no right. like, we didn't call agents. We didn't call. There was right. He wasn't setting up none of, something. None of, none of that. So the coach Krenny actually physically hand wrote, didn't email. He hand wrote letters to my top ten schools based on him helping me. Okay. It was basically USC, Stanford, Arizona, Arizona State, Cal State, Fullerton, Long Beach State, the West Coast, the West Coast teams. Right. group of yeah. ten. Because he, he asked me, he's like, "Do you want? Do you want to go out of state?" You know, he started asking right. me, and he probably had more. He was an uh, um, 
NCAA referee at the time. Okay. So he was working the Big West. So he probably had connections with athletic departments and things like that and, and knew of everybody. So he sent all those letters out, and I start getting those letters back. Um, you know, I think the major league ones, because they would show up at the game and hand the coach the letter to give to the player because they couldn't talk to you. Right. <laughs> um, so... I would get those from them, and then they would, the colleges would mail me specifically. And uh, I started doing that. But there was, no again, no follow-through, no end game, no – I had no idea what I was doing. So I'd fill them out, send them back. And at that point, I'm like, maybe I'm going to Stanford. Maybe I'm going to USC. They, they emailed me. Right. That kind of thing. So no idea. Um, so your senior year now, yep. you're rolling through. Rolling through. I'm – <laughs> 10 and 0, 11 and 0. How big like. have we got now? 63? Uh, uh, I might have grown up. I might have grown an inch. Yeah. Put some weight, weight on? Uh, not much. Not a- much. Any new pitches? Nope. Same thing. Okay. I'm, I, they're riding. But it's the, better. They're, they're riding. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, get, I'm, I'm getting you got more accurate, way more command. I'm I'm now calling my game. The catcher is calling, but I'm. Right. And I am, I, I'd say, you know, I've never been a, I'm, I'm the guy, but I, right. I'm. The number one pitcher, right? We're gonna win when I'm on the mound. That kind of thing. I've I've got this mentality of we're not losing, and never blame my teammates. I was a, I'm a big team guy. Like it wasn't just me that won. They had to score runs. It sure. Like they had to score runs or else we don't win. So um, I hope that doesn't come off as me being. No, con- no. I'm 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 getting more confident in myself and my ability as a pitcher. And, where, and that's being an athlete. And that's, where my prospects are going. Right. Like, I'm going to play Major League Baseball. This is still a dream. Um, until that last game, we were in CIF uh, in the playoffs, and we're winning, and I'm on the mound, cruising, and one— Who are you playing? I don't even remember. Okay. Like, I honestly don't remember. Right. But I, you're dealing. I'm dealing. I, and then I, what everything's happens? good. I throw a ball halfway up the backstop. What do you throw? What pitch? Fastball. Just fastball. Fastball. Goes, like you've done a million times. And I get this sharp zing that I've never felt before. Worse than the BMX park? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was, it, was one of, it was shocking. It hurt really bad, but it was more shocking than... Because I'd had arm pain before. Sure. Where you just go home and shake it off and tomorrow it'll be better. <clears throat> um, but this one was... Uh, pretty painful and I you know wiggled my arm around and then I made the decision like yeah that was a fluke I'm gonna do this again I might be understating the pain because why why is it every Tommy John guy does that Vinny did that same thing yeah I mean you you can't you can't believe it because you felt pain before you felt a little twinge here and there but, but this is not you, this, you have nothing to register it to. Yeah, exactly. So I decide I'm going to go again. You know, I've got like I've gone into small shock. I'm sure. Now is there I'm no sweating? Right. <laughs> but is there no burning pain? No blood, internal like blood or anything? You can't see anything. I didn't look yet. Okay. So didn't a little look. denial, maybe. <laughs> little, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely denial. Uh, I jump back up on the bump. You know, let's go four seam fastball. The easiest whatever, I'm just going to throw a strike. And the ball went higher up on the backstop. I mean, we're talking like... Where's your release point at this point? Anywhere? Well, as soon as the pain starts, I let go as soon as I lifted my arm, basically. I mean, that's, I mean, that's what's happening is you're, you're letting go of the ball because it hurts. Um, and I immediately, like, 
everybody's laughing in the stands. I, I hear the laughing. Right. And I immediately just start walking to the dugout. Like, I just ended the inning, even right. though it's like... But you know... Middle it's- the, yeah, I'm done. I'm There's no throwing. Coach met me at the, the foul line, and I just kind of peeked up, and I saw all the scouts packing their guns to leave. There's no reason for them to stay anymore. So that was a... I would love to know what's going through their mind. How many of them have seen that? Right. And I... And Don't just know. go to themselves, he blew his arm out. For sure. Right. For sure. Those two pitches aren't a fluke. One, yes, slippery, wet, something, whatever. Right. Two in a row, and the way he walks off, yeah. they check a box that has a small TJ. Oh, I just, yeah, I, I just remember. Yeah, absolutely. I remember I, I put my head down and just started walking off the mound like I had either lost the game or just struck out the last right, batter. Right, it's over. I'm not, like, with purpose walking, but I'm just... Moseying, going over there. Coach meets me at the foul line. Trainer comes out. You know, this is probably my first, my first real interaction with a trainer. <laughs> like they come out, sure. and they're like, "Let me look at that." Eh, you're in high school. You don't have a trainer, but CIF rules says that you have to have in the in the postseason type mm-hmm. thing. They come out. They set <laughs> me down. I I used to wear like a neoprene brace under my sleeves okay so i lift the sleeve up and there was actual like a it looked like i'd been bit by a big spider there was like a stream of blood going down my arm toward my wrist just like a long red line right and they're like yeah we're gonna need to get some ice on that you know they're moving it around it didn't it didn't hurt like it wasn't gonna fall off but it it was kind of numb i was going into shock a little bit i was sweating I'd been hit with a ball line drive before and actually passed out from uh, the blood (laughs) rushing back to my foot when I took my cleat off for the first time because I got hit with it, played the game, then took the the cleat off and my foot had swollen inside the shoe and like all the blood rushed down and I like just kind of like passed out. Such a Spartan, Mike. I know. (laughs) (laughs) This wasn't like that, but I felt like the onset of something like I was sweating lightheaded that kind of stuff so something had happened um again I don't know what it was naivety or what it was but I didn't go to the doctor what it's the middle of the season like I'm not gonna pitch game two anyway they're not gonna let me they put me at first base and said unless you have to throw you don't throw. We're not throwing the ball around the infield. You don't make a throw on a double play. We're in CIF, you know. And I'm okay with any. I'm sure. okay with this. But no one's rushing me to the doctor. They don't know. Like there's no broken bones. There's no great trainer. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and again, they may have suggested you should go see a doctor. He also that might have been the first time he's ever seen that. It's possible. Yeah. Right? It was Cause, a young cause back young then, trainer. I mean, we've, we've had this discussion back then. Tommy John was. Still rare. Now yes. people have it just as tune-ups. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I'm going to go get Tommy John. <laughs> exactly. Be- before it happens, I'm right. going to go get it fixed. Yeah, and, and they do that. I know. I know. Then it was like, oh, you're part of a very small community. Yeah. Yeah. And again, this is, this is a part of not knowing. So I ended up playing that rest of the season. We lost that next game. Um, the trainer and the, the coach actually did set me up a doctor's appointment. That was part of the not knowing. They they did, but it wasn't like go see a doctor tomorrow right. with the school insurance or however that works. So CIF, I played, we lost, season's over. <clears throat> That's my senior year of high school. Still have made no decision on my future. I don't 
know where I'm going, what I'm doing, why. At, but my dream of Major League Baseball had suddenly, I know myself, there's no way I'm throwing a baseball again. Right. Right now. Like, right. It hurts to make a fist. I'm not throwing a baseball. It's not happening. So I'm a little down, a little lost about that. Now, I, this is May? Yeah, May or June. I mean, before graduation, right. that kind of stuff. Um, I want to say there was like a month period before I got to go see the doctor. Jesus. Because they <clears throat> they set me up with Dr. Job. Right. The guy. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I don't remember. You know? No, this didn't happen yet. I did go see the doctor. They told me to like rest it. There was no MRI. There was no. Right. They, they said to rest. Yeah. I didn't see Dr. Job until college. Until college. Until college, which, you know, we're right. talking six months. Right. But still, like today, you had had an appointment. If you did that on Saturday, you have an yeah, appointment yeah, yeah. with him on Monday morning. Yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm not recalling that correctly because I, I remember Chris Mumile actually set that appointment up. That's where we had to wait a little bit of time. So cut back. I get a phone call. But see, isn't Tommy John funny where you could have been ju- not just fine, but you were able to do things for that summer Maybe a little discomfort, but it wasn't like a broken leg where it's like Mike's on crutches. Right. He can't move. No, and it started healing. Sure. It started healing. Um, healing's probably not the right word. It didn't, yes. The swelling went down. Right. <laughs> to where it wasn't uh, But it inflamed. wasn't a broken femur. No, no, no. no. So, no. It's, yeah. I could do everything other than throw a baseball. Right. And uh, I get a call. I don't know when that is. Probably late June. Something like that, like a right around now for the fall semester of 1992 at Cal State Fullerton. I hadn't signed on with anybody. I had actually made a trip out to Oklahoma uh, on a recruiting trip. Wow. Larry okay. Cochell called yeah. me. I had made a trip out there. Um, what was that like? Really awkward okay, for that, a shy kid. I was going to say, is that your first trip out of state? Not out of state, but it's my first, probably my first trip alone out of state. Okay. Because I got on a plane and went to Oklahoma. Where'd you fly out of? Uh, LAX? LA. LA, okay. right into... So this what, is obviously pre-September 11th. So mom and dad walk you to the gate, slap you on the butt and say, have fun in Norman. Yeah. And wherever they fly you into, because Norman's a small little town. Right. Um, they probably have Oklahoma State, or Oklahoma City, and then fly into Norman. Yeah. Coach Cochell picked me up at the airport in a van, like a Scooby-Doo style van. <laughs> Um, we drove to Norman. He drove me in, dropped me off with some random dudes I've never seen before. They're the players. Sure. I, don't, I don't know what to expect. Right. I have no idea what I'm doing. They drop me off. We, we hang out in their dorm room. Okay. And I'm just sitting there. Like, these aren't my friends. These aren't people that I know. They're supposed to be showing me around. We're just kind of hanging out, like, getting to know Hey, 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 hey. Right. They're and not professional chaperones like they no. have today. I mean, no. it's just a, an event today. Right. Yeah, it's just me being babysat by a bunch of kids my age. Today, that happens. A private jet picks you up. With those people on there, there's already handlers, chaperones, mm-hmm. probably some already coach. Right. They fly you straight into Norman, and it's an event. Like, it's just dog and pony show right they're giving you stuff you're doing this you're doing that the best players they walk you around they take you to the stadium they show you all i mean they just sweeten the pie right but that's how still in 1989 or no it's 91 it's uh 91 right the summer of 91 yeah. yeah it was still for oklahoma they had a ton of money 
right. was still just rookie the way they did it. Coach picking up on a van, dumping you off in a dorm room with right. guys. So they take me, uh, yeah, they take me to a restaurant for lunch, had a pickle bar. I remember it had a pickle bar, different pickles, like like a salad bar, but it was pickles. But I, the biggest thing were I remember. Were you a pickle guy? I mean, <laughs> of course. Like, okay. I good. mean, you know now, of right course. Now, but I'm like, this is amazing. Like, mm, but I thought it was. No, I, <laughs> I'm not really into I mean, green it was, pickles. Yeah, I'm sure it was a barbecue joint, but I was more impressed with the pickle bar. But the biggest impression, <laughs> the biggest impression was oh, when we when we walked in, everybody in the place stood up and clapped. What? For the players, because if I'm remembering correct, I'm putting I'm actually putting the pieces together right now. If this thing is happening right about now, I'm coming out, and there's some kind of postseason tournament going on. Because we ended right. up going to the big whatever they're in, Big 12, Big 10. Right. We went to that championship baseball game, and I'm guessing it was them playing. I don't know them from... Right, anybody. Uh, from anybody. And when there's, at that time, it was probably six teams yep. in right. the tournament. Yes, because it was regional. I have, no, Most idea, I have no idea what I'm watching. Right. It's a baseball game in a big park, way bigger than I've ever been in. It's like a mini major league park. Right. And the place is full. Country all, country music is blaring. Right. All Oklahoma. They're all singing the country music. It was like an electric atmosphere. I remember going to... Did that impress you? Or was that overwhelming a little bit? It was overwhelming. Like, I didn't know why I was there. Like, I didn't see myself fitting into that situation. I think I had already made up my mind because I didn't know these people, and they're treating me funny. Um... So back to the restaurant, we walk in, there's a standing ovation for the four guys and me that are walking in. They're giving autographs. Right. People are asking me for my autograph because I'm with them. Sure. They so gave you're me important. A, yeah, they gave me an Oklahoma hat to wear. You know what I mean? So I'm with them. Place dies down. We get ushered to a, our seat <laughs> that's apparently just waiting there for people like that. Um, probably an NCAA violation at some point. Sure. <laughs> but, but that's uh, uh, normal in a town like that. Sure. Not that sure. NCAA, but yeah. I mean, they weren't handing them money, but they were giving them perks of right. he, here's a stars. seat. Yeah, absolutely. Come on. So later that night, I go, or the evening, I go to a practice, what I think is a practice, and it was probably their pregame batting practice for this event that I'm going to. Stand around the cage, do the whole thing, what you see today. And, you know, talking about this, talking about that. Um, Vern Rule was their pitching coach who was a major leaguer, but also, and I remember I was impressed with that because I had I had his baseball card. Right. You know, I had Vern Rule's baseball. I know I know that name. Right. I have a bunch of his baseball cards. <laughs> You're in my right. slot in my book. Piecing all this together, I didn't know that they had just finished up coaching at Cal State Fullerton together. Oh. So right. Cal State Fullerton was recruiting me. They left and went to Oklahoma. Now Oklahoma's recruiting me. So it wasn't like Oklahoma had traveled halfway across the country to see me. But that's anyway, how it works then. Yeah, absolutely. That was the, the network. Yeah, and they're they're bringing West Coast guy right. out to out to Oklahoma to He's check things a, out. The West Coast guy. Right. We can steal him. Woo, that's big. Yeah. So I piece all this together way later in life. After and that's that's actually how you start a pipeline. 
Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Because um, people don't decide for no reason, I'm going to go to Arizona State. Like, there right. was a pipeline. Right. Miami, there's a pipeline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Texas, right? Yeah. You bring one guy, and then all of a sudden, that guy knows cool. three other guys. Exactly. It's cool to go to. Yeah. And th- in this day and age, everybody on your team is college eligible. So, like, I know this guy, and this guy could help us, or I know this guy that I played travel ball with. And right. So, yeah, pipeline for sure. Um, so you decide I Oklahoma, made, I, not me. I had made my. I had made up my mind that first hour when I was in that dorm room with those guys. Like, this this isn't my lifestyle. Like, it's just not how right. who I am. So that had been my only real recruiting. Um, Cal State Fullerton had reached out to me. Coach Vanderhoek was like, "Hey, I want you to come." and do a tour of Cal State Fullerton. And I'm like, I don't want it to be an official visit because I had done this Oklahoma thing. Because you, you're right over the hill. Like, I don't need to come and stay and spend time with the guy. I just... Dad can drop me off and I can just yeah, peek so at so it. Hook, unofficial hook, yeah, visit. Yeah, I went on an unofficial visit to Cal State Fullerton. I thought I was... Because you only get two. Right. You can only have two. So I didn't want, like, if Miami called me... Or Stanford. Or, or whoever called right. me where I needed to go somewhere. I didn't want to waste it on Cal State Fullerton. Again, I don't know the difference between Long Beach State, Cal State Fullerton, Stanford, USC. Right. I, I, don't, I don't understand it. So <clears throat> um, Hook drives me around his Honda Accord. We drive around campus. Um, back then, you could actually drive around campus. You know? <laughs> uh, there was uh, no, you didn't have to take surface streets. Um, went in and met Coach Garrido, met Coach Horton, uh, Kirby, secretary, all the base, the softball coaches um, that were in in the small little area that eventually ended up being my office. Right um, when I worked at Cal State Fullerton, um, that felt more. At home to me, more down to earth, more of a easy transition Slower for me. Slower pace, yeah. Not all I mean, hoopla. I'm not far from home. Um, like the thought of leaving home was not even a not even on the table for me. I don't know why. Right. Just not the adventurous spirit, I guess. Um. So cut to after my injury, I get a phone call from George Horton, and he goes, "Mike, we'd like you to play at Cal State Fullerton. Are you interested?" And I'm like, "Uh." Can you hang on a second? Put my hand over the phone because the phone was tied to the wall. We couldn't just walk around with it. Um, put my hand over the phone. What and I an said, "Interesting device." <laughs> said, "Dad, what do you think? Should I go go to Cal State Fullerton?" He's like, "What do you want to do?" I'm like, "I don't know." He's like, "Do you want to play baseball at Cal State Fullerton?" I'm like, "I guess." And he goes, "Well, I guess that's your answer." So I literally in about two minutes took my hand off the phone and said yeah I'll go to Cal State Fullerton so that was my like big reveal of where I was going to school right I get a call and coach Horton goes good tomorrow is the last day you can register I need you to come down to school and we'll get you registered they'll take care (laughs) of your classes we'll get you signed up all this stuff now this wasn't on scholarship this wasn't I have no idea the financials on this what it's going to cost I just said, yeah. yeah it's never and been discussed. Never been discussed. So my dad has no idea. I mean. A bill's coming. Yeah. I, okay, I, so, again, it's so like one of those things. Let's, like, let's just think of Mike at this point. Mm-hmm. Do you know what you want to do if baseball doesn't happen? Now there's injury. 
do you want to be an engineer, a fireman, an astronaut? Like none of that's registered yet. Like every little kid wants to be. Some- I was. I would say that summer was really rough for me, like mentally, because the dream was over, and I didn't know what I wanted to do. But you know, from what I hear, little bits and pieces. Don't worry. That's what college is for. You figure it out. You figure okay. it out. You got to go. Everybody kept saying you got to go and get your GE, your general education, taken care of. Right. Had I kn- well. Because I was playing baseball now, I was happy. But inside, I knew that I still had this injury that now, I, had is, no, I had no idea. Now, do they know? Has it been discussed? I mean, they had to know, but it's, is it being discussed? Not being discussed. So money's not discussed. Injury's not being discussed. Uh, you just got a day to get your ass down to Fullerton and register. Yeah. I mean, maybe there was discussion. Maybe my dad made a phone call, but no, went down there. I assumed that they knew. Right. Um, yeah, because I, I showed up late in late in the fall, um, so that maybe they did know. Um, the timeline on it is a little little fuzzy because I ended up going to see the trainer. The trainer got me a doctor's appointment. Okay. Um, Wonderful Chris Mumau. Yeah. Chris Mumau got me a doctor's appointment. So this is the in 92. And, um, and Fullerton's a juggernaut at that point. Yeah. So they, are ju- they had just come off losing in the final to game to Pepperdine in 92. or whatever. Or something like Again, that. I have no idea. No, it, I have no idea. It is amazing that, in, that you could be such a, like, enclosed soul I know in that in the as gifted as you are I know <laughs> that you're just you're just kind of happy yep like you're just this blessed flower in a field of other flowers you have no idea no idea what no idea that what had just happened right none uh, or that Cal State full or the history of Cal State Fullerton right. or they've won two they got the best player in baseball they just lost to Pepperdine on a fluke again this is this is exactly like me deciding to play little league instead of freshman baseball right this is the same decision it's the same right. for me it's just I'm moving on I want to stay where I'm comfortable Story of my life. Sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? I want right. to stay where I'm comfortable. Um, regardless of the talent level that I had or how good I was or right. whatever. Um, so so I, see I, the doc. I go and, again, here's another one of those moments for me. My appointment is with a guy named Dr. Frank Job, the guy that actually invented the Tommy John surgery, <laughs> the guy that cut open Tommy John's arm and created this surgery that saved thousands of pitchers. At the time, he probably hadn't saved thousands of pitchers. Again, he's Dr. Job. But to me, he's Dr. Job, the Dodgers doctor. (laughs) That's all you care about. He's the Dodgers doctor. This guy's got to be great, right? Right. He shook Tommy's hand. He's got to be great. He knows Bill Bueller, the Dodgers trainer, that I know the roster front and back I've seen him on TV. Like, this is amazing. I'm going to Cedar Sinai Hospital. That's on TV all the time. There's commercials for that place. So I was more excited about that leading up to this than, than, 
<laughs> than, the, than the prospects of fixing my arm <laughs> so that I could play Division One college baseball and possibly win a national championship. You know, they have a term for that. It's called a goober. <laughs> like just, total, total goober. Just like... If you could have taken a selfie with him, you would have. If you could have taken a picture out in front of cyanide, you would have. Like, it was Absolutely. just, it became an event that you were at these important places. Yeah, with, with, stuff, important people. with stuff I'd seen on TV right. or, yeah, exactly. So I go in, this has been a month in the in the making. It wasn't like, call right. on Tuesday, you're in on Wednesday. It's He's got doing he's, what he he's does. He's got an arm. He, he's a young, not young man, but he's not an older gentleman. He's still, no. he's, I mean, active, he, yeah. he's an active He's an active surgeon, surgeon. yes. Yeah. Probably it, it, in his 50s. Yes, I would, I would guess that for so sure. So he's got, he's got people all day long he's dealing with. Yes. Um, and Because I met him much later in life. And the waiting room was saying the same thing. Like there were 50 people in the waiting room. Right. When Four. waiting rooms back then were big yeah. and beautiful and... yeah. Nice furniture. And, yep. Yeah. So I go in, and I, I didn't know what to expect, but I everybody kept telling me you're gonna have X-rays and this thing called an MRI, and they're gonna be able to tell what exactly happened to your arm. <clears throat> he walks in and he grabbed, shook hands. I'm all giddy. <laughs> Inside, he shakes my yeah. hand. Grabs my elbow with his. Let's see. You know, he shook with my, his right his hand. Right, with my left, you with the left. Grabs my elbow with the left and pronates my arm. Just opens it up, like like if you were pitching or throwing a ball. And he goes, "Yeah, we're gonna need to have surgery." That's all he said to me. I'm like, "Okay, how does this go? What like? What do Mom you mean?" Mom and dad with you? You on your own? I'm by myself. How did you get to Cedar Sinai without a Google Maps? Thomas guy. Thomas guy. <laughs> Absolutely. Thomas guy. My dad telling me, you're going to go down here and here and here, and it's right, right there. Right H1, around here. J, you know, page yeah, 73. Exactly. If, if you have to switch pages, it yeah. goes 16 other pages. Yeah. And the LA edition. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you got um, Riverside, San Bernardino. It doesn't yeah, do my dad just gave me the LA one and said, here you go. I mean, he had to work. I, you know, my right. mom had to take care of brother and sister. So I went down there. It was no big deal. It was just a consultation. Sure. Yeah, you're going to need surgery. I remember getting in the car. Couldn't call anybody. Didn't right. have a cell phone. But you didn't have going, cents on you? What does this old man know? <laughs> Jesus. All of a sudden. My arm feels fine. All of a sudden, he went from hero to old man? Yeah. No, I was like, I was kind of <laughs> yeah, angry. I, yeah, yeah, I right. was kind of angry. Like, what do you, there's no MRI. There's no, not even an x-ray. How do you know? How do you know? Like, you're going to cut my arm open? So that's that's silly me. Right. So I go and I go, I am just going to give this time to rest. So I go and then Chris doesn't check up and say, hey, how did it go? Uh, at, at some point. Yeah. OK. I mean, at, there there's the timeline on this is a little skewed. And right. I'm, I'm trying to piece it all together. But at the end of the day, I go and I make it to fall practices. Okay. And I get out there and I'm playing with the guys that are a little older than me. Um, you know, they're really cool, nice guys. Um, I start playing catch. Everything feels fine. I get on the mound like day two or three to throw my first bullpen and it happened again. And I immediately packed my bags up. It was the, you know, the non-mandatory practices. I packed my bag up and I walked down to Coach Horton's office. You know, I had tears in my eyes. I'm like, I'm quitting. I'm done. And he goes, what do you mean? I'm like, 
I can't, I can't throw anymore. I'm done. So that was weird. It was a weird thing. I'd never quit anything in my life before. Right. And I knew that I wasn't going to make it and I didn't want to have surgery. I don't know what I was afraid of, but didn't want to have surgery. I was done. So for two years, I was just a student at Cal State Fullerton getting my general education done. Right. Now, you make that throw. I mean, does it feel like it's being ripped away from you? Whatever dream you thought got ripped away from you your senior year, now there's another rip away again. Like, oh, now I'm not even college baseball. Yeah, not not as much. I mean, the other the again, I didn't know what college baseball. I thought it was just another high school level. Right. Like I didn't know. Like, better than high school. I, yeah, I didn't. I didn't know. Like, the guys but it wasn't were better. The minor leagues. It wasn't the minor leagues. It right. wasn't professional baseball. So where is this going to go? Right. Um, again, total naive thought. But that, I, back then, that's that's where I was, and um, you know, my. Uh, so you clean up for two years doing your GED. You're just. Normal guy on campus. Yeah. And uh, my friend from high school um, are, you know, taking classes together. And, um, you know, a couple people I knew from high school are there. Um, now, are my, you finding any interests in college? Starting to, like, I think I could do this, or I kind of have an interest yeah, in that. Yeah, so I took a couple of, you know, art classes. And, you know, because they're just... Not to be an ass, but you're a jock. Right, so now you're a jock, no more. Yeah, uh, you now, know, I, I was never, I was never the traditional jock. Right, right, but, but, but you're branded. But I, yeah, I you am. got a jacket. Yeah. You, you put on shoes. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. So now, what are you doing? You're going. I'm finding because your GEDs, it's you got to find something. Right. No, I'm just uh, taking all the classes that you're required to take, right. and you're required to take electives. Um, There's mm -hmm. a certain amount of electives that you have to take. Right. I ended up. In high school, I had taken some art classes, and okay. I enjoyed those. So I was like, what can I do? Oh, there's a painting class. I'll do this. So I took a painting class, and then there was a life drawing class. That was awkward, but intriguing. You're awkward drawing. how? There's naked people okay. in, the, in the classroom. Charcoal? Charcoal. <laughs> there's, yeah, but there's naked people in the class. You're drawing them for hours on end. You're taking three, you know, three units of this a unit at a time for six hours a day during, you know, but it, there was something you were learning about art. Right. You had to take a history class. So I took an art history class and all of a sudden it, I didn't have this passion for art, but I was finding that I was good at it and You're I was, toward yeah, it. I was good at it and I was understanding it. And uh, because if you go from drawing, you make a conscious decision that mm, I'll do art history too. Sure. Instead of U.S. history or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, is there something going on that's that's pushing that slide? Is it, or is it just I'm finding it. It was enjoyable. it was it was internal. Yeah, it was internal. It was me finding that it was enjoyable. Now, is it starting to become the same joy that baseball gave you? No, or not yet. No, no. Okay. No, 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 no. I don't. I, you know what? To be honest, I don't know that anything has done what baseball did for me like in my life like right, no. you know getting married having a child yes. it's totally different right. we're talking different stuff but right. um, but there's that that is like nothing's filling that void right it's an addiction yeah nothing's filling that void because I was I've always wanted to be a master at something mm -hmm. and I think that was the closest thing that I was a master of so like you could tell me 
here's nine squares on a wall. You know what I mean? There's right. nine squares on a wall. I want you to hit the uh, middle right one. I was pretty good at hitting the middle right one with whatever that was, a paper clip, a baseball, a ping pong ball, a fork. Like I just had that ability. Right. That and, was there for me. And in my research, that's what Horton said that you had and what they saw was unbelievable command. I threw strikes. That's a good strike thrower. Right. Yeah. And, and I remember Dave saying this when he was pitching coach, coach, just throw strikes, just hit the strike zone mm-hmm. and then let everything else happen. Yeah. If you don't do that, what good are you? <laughs> right? Like, Absolutely. Right? Like, I mean, no, there's no such as thing as a great pitcher that works outside the strike yeah, you're zone. Yeah, you're just, you're just, uh, you're just setting up failure for failure right. with, with putting runners on base. So, right. so yeah. you felt at that point, art was starting to become something it was, of it was, interest. Yeah, it was going to, it was going to be a direction. It was going to be a direction. I was not enjoying geology. I was not enjoying that's, yeah. world history. I was not enjoying, um, what was the other stuff that I was doing? Uh, well, biology. You, right. Like, the math, the uh, biology, the English, whatever. And math even came easy to me. Like math was, I was pretty good in it, at it, but it just wasn't like, wasn't doing anything for me. Um, so I go two years and I start, you know, I start in on the graphic design stuff. Uh, at the time there wasn't a graphic design major and all of a sudden it's like computer stuff. And right, this is 93, 93, 94. Um, I'm trying to think, you know, internet is just at universities at a, just yeah, a it's, childish it's level. nothing. We're still like, and computers are the registering size of for class on the phone. fridges. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, I mean, they are, they're enormous. So there was a graphic design emphasis and they were bringing the computers. There was computer labs and things like that. So I started moving that way. Um, and my good friend, uh, Wendy, was like, you miss baseball. Figure this out. Get your act together. Go get the surgery. And go play baseball. Was, like, I don't know if I was being an asshole or right. what I was prompted saying, what, all of this. What did Wendy see? I don't know, but she gave me, she gave me the... Kick in the pants. Yeah, and I had a girlfriend at the time that, you know, she was supportive and. But she didn't see it. I, she didn't know so me. So, who the hell was Wendy to, to have these balls? Uh, well, she's my oldest, longest friend, first <laughs> right. of all. So, she, she had seen little Mike right. to college Mike. Um, I don't know. She's she's helped me a number of ways, God a number of Wendy. times. Yeah, a number, you, a number, a number of times uh, in situation. Call right now, talk to Mike. <laughs> um, so I, she, you know, outside of my girlfriend at the time, she was like, "Do this," and then all of a sudden, my mind shifting, and I'm like, "All right, I guess I got to get another appointment to go see Doctor Job." It's very Ken Revisa of her. Yeah, and this is all also, if I remember correctly, without without a plan moving forward. So this was without going to talk to Coach Horton and saying, I'm going to have surgery. I want to come back. This was get your arm right and then go find something. So they left. I mean, I don't want to be crude, but they left you. Like you make the decision and they don't check back up on you. They're like, okay, we're moving on. Thanks, yeah. Mike. It was good. 
Yeah, well, I quit. It was right. it was it was on me. Actually, you know, but, you know I, he could have come back in thirty days and been like, "You okay? How's yeah, it going?" Yeah, yeah. No, they just, and, and they may have. I'm right. not. I'm not saying that right. they left me out to hang they out didn't to dry. But badger you? No, no, no. They weren't like, "Hey, please come back. Please come back. Get that thing fixed." And there was never anything like that. Um, and they may have seen that early on from me. They may have, you know, because I know Coach Serrano, uh, who was later my pitching coach, uh, was recruiting me from Cerritos College and. They all. I had talked to him, and he's like, "You were very uncommittal on things." And I'm like, "I, I absolutely know that." Um, so, so maybe that was a turnoff to them, and they weren't, they weren't into following up with that. No fault of theirs. Right. Uh, so I go, I have the surgery, I recover from that, and I go back to Coach Smilowitz and Coach Kareni at the high school, and I tell them I'm having the surgeries, and I've had the surgery, and I want to start working out again. So I go and uh, I start doing these bullpen workouts. I get a catcher that is either on the high school team currently or, you know, this is two years removed from right. high school. It may have been someone I played with. I can't remember. Right. Um, but I go out and start throwing and throwing and throwing. And Coach Kareni goes, what do you want to do? Again, he steps in and what, do you, what what's your goal here? I'm like, I don't know. He's like, I'll make phone calls for you. So he starts calling. He called Coach Snow at Long Beach. Um, he called uh, Coach Gillespie at USC. He called Coach Horton again. Let them all know that I was, you know, back in the game or whatever. So I really appreciated that. You would have um, thought the avenue would have been easier at Fullerton, being that you're at Fullerton. I was embarrassed. Okay. I was embarrassed. Like I didn't. I could have easily just walked into that office and said, "Coach, I want to come back. Right. Do, do you mind?" But I was embarrassed. You know. Um, and that's understandable. You're a kid. And I didn't know anything about Coach Garrido's prowess right. at the time. But You hadn't had much had, interaction with him at I all. Had, I had interacted with him, and he wasn't someone you go in and go, Coach, can I? Right. That's no. Uh, he, he didn't care. Right. You were dealing with Coach Horton and Coach Vanderhoek. And, yeah, um, you deal with the lieutenants. He, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. So um, I just uh, – Coach, if I remember correctly, Coach Snow called me and said, sorry, I can't. Like, one, because you were at Fullerton, you've already been their recruit. I can't steal you away. Um, and he basically laid, like, USC could have taken me. But at the time, they're like, yeah, we're not, we're not interested. Um, and Coach Snow actually said, you need to go talk to Coach Horton. And because... Little did I know they're best buds. Right. You know what I mean? Like I didn't I didn't right. know this at the time. But <laughs> you didn't even know Bobby Snow was at Fuller. I didn't know who and, Coach Snow was. Right, like right. I didn't I didn't I hadn't talked to him in the first place about all of this. So but I was very appreciative that he called. He actually called me and talked me through it and said, I can't we can't take you away from another big West school. That all, is, all of these that's things. Class. It was it was it was top notch. Um, later, I learned to hate Long Beach State, but I've always had a special place for for Coach Snow for what he what he did. So um, I ended up going back to Coach Horton, and they said, "Yeah, sure, come on out. We got nothing for you, but come tr you know not try out, but come be a part of the team. Let's see what you got, kid." Yeah. So I you know I'm a few months off of surgery. Um, I'm I not. I'm not. Full bullpenning. Okay, but what's your? Have you grown any? Um, and have you put on any weight? I'm probably at my my tallest six three and a half, six four, whatever, okay. and I'm. 
probably 210 to 220 at the time, Um, which eventually, I think, after being a senior, it was like 230, and I was the fat guy on the team. Right. (laughs) So um, I was was a pretty big kid, but my my arm strength wasn't back. Um, It's not like Kerry Wood having arm surgery and he comes back and he's throwing harder. Right. Um, it's, it's, uh, I had to relearn everything. I'm remember I'm not only just off surgery, but I'm two and a half, three years out of throwing my last pitch. Right. So I have to get my calluses back. Um, something that like, I never thought like your touch of the baseball. Like I had to learn. They were new baseballs. It was a college baseball, not a high school baseball. Was the leather different or the strings higher? The, the seams were the seams were actually higher than they were in in high school at the right. time. They were giant, um, which helped my pitch, which was a slider, um, helped me grip it and helped me like sling that thing. And you're playing with balls that are newer. Like, newer, yeah. I'm, right. We're not playing school, with high school stuff. It's been around for yeah. These weeks are and these are quality <laughs> things. So I'm I'm relearning all of this stuff. So I'm told, you know, Coach Garrido is the head coach. Um, you are going to be a red shirt, which again I didn't know what that meant. It just meant that I wasn't going to play. Okay. I'm not going to. You're not going to play this year. Um, I didn't know how many years eligibility have. I had no idea that. Right. That was my next question because your clock didn't start? It did start. It okay. started in, in the fall of 92 for the 92-93 season. Okay, so it technically did. It did. So I've got five years to play four seasons. So okay. I've already burned two. So I my third year, my red shirts year, takes care of that fifth year. Okay. Um, so I've, I will have a junior and a senior year to play. Um, so it was worth it to me. I was going to be in for three years at, when I found that out. But at the time, um, red shirts didn't Red shirts were treated. Uh, looking back, it's it was awesome. But at the time, you're treated worse than what team managers are treated these days. You were uh, you had to sit in the stands during the games. Oh man! So I would dress. I'd get there whatever time for a game. Uh, Seven o'clock game. You're getting there at three o'clock. Suit up, dress up, get the field ready. As a pitcher, you're shagging fly balls, you're hitting fungos, you're throwing your bullpens, you're throwing soft toss. So you're right. doing no pitching skill, really. You're, right. You are helping the rest of the team. Right. Which I enjoyed. You're listening to music, chewing on seeds, hanging out with your boys, that kind of stuff. Uh, game time, infield, outfield happens. You clean up the field, you rake the mound, you rake the area, and then red shirts left. You grab your bag and you walk out to the parking lot and you change into street clothes. Then you go and you sit behind home plate in the stands and you chart pitches and you film the game. And you don't even, I mean, I think eventually we would go down on the field after a game for the team huddle, but it was like you had other things to do before you got to go to the team huddle. So you're coming in. If Coach Garrido's pissed off at the team, you're coming into a fiery conversation. <laughs> like two two sentences too late, or you have no idea. You're wearing whatever they're trying to teach the next day. Right. If somebody messes up, you're running with the team at practice or whatever because of what they did. So it was like a you're putting in your you're putting in your time and 
it's it's good for the team, but it sucks being that guy. And there was, I want to say, four or five of us uh, red shirts that year, and we all just grinded it out. Grinded it out. Now again, here here we are. Me not knowing that '95 team goes and is the best team in college baseball history. You know, arguably, there's sure. there's other teams that have had better records that didn't win the national. Whatever they right. go, 57 and nine, win the national championship. I'm working at Sports Chalet. Again, here, here's where here, here's the level here's the level that the red shirts are with this team. I'm working at Sports Chalet, and maybe it was just me. I don't know, but I'm working at Sports Chalet, and I hear Cal State Fullerton won the national championship. Maybe I had known that, but people had come into Sports Chalet decked out in Cal State Fullerton gear with like eye black on and balloons, and I'm like, what are you doing? They're like, they're having a parade today. I'm like, they're having a parade? Where? At the stadium. So I go to my boss and I go, I gotta get out of here. I gotta go. Can I go and see the parade? Can I go see the parade? Not be a part of the parade. Can I go see the parade? I race over from Sports Chalet, which is right over the hump of yeah. State College. It's like seven minute drive. I if, get to I yeah. get to the stadium and it is like I miss my sixteenth birthday party. There are streamers everywhere. There are balloons in the in the backstop netting. Um, the field's a mess. No one's there. No one's there. They're it, on their way to Disneyland. Right. It's happened. Yeah. Done. I missed it. So <laughs> I go back to work and finish out my shift and <laughs> clock back in because you missed 14 minutes. I, to be honest, I don't know if I remember ever, one, being invited to any kind of end-of-the-year gathering for that team. Um, well, you know it had to be an inner circle thing because there's no communication back then. No, no. Now there's a massive email and text and everybody says... And I didn't live with the players either. That was another thing. Like I, you were living I at home. stayed at home, so I didn't live with anybody. I wasn't told I wasn't I didn't see anybody I was working I had to I needed a job because I was doing uh, you know had stuff to pay for as as a you know 21 22 year old you just got to work at that point I wasn't on scholarship that kind of stuff so I don't remember that being a uh, an ordeal when they handed out the championship like they went and did tours of Angel Stadium and Disneyland and all these things you know they got sweatsuits and all this stuff and they're all decked out and wasn't a part of any of that stuff but I was a part of that team like right. I felt like I mean I still know those guys they all know me um, we're not like we don't hang out stuff but there are a couple people from that team, Ted Silva, Mike Lamb, Todd Singlin. There's a number of people that I've stayed in touch with um, that Mark Chavez that um, just over the years working with Cal State Fullerton that it's come back and been really cool. But um, that tie to that national championship team, um, it was really cool. And that might have been the first time like I understood what, what you're – what you're shooting for right so they 92 when i'm in there they they had just finished that and they lost right this time they go out and they win and they're dominant and all of a sudden i'm realizing i just played with the a great team mark kotze was on that team i remember you know feeding him soft toss and doing all these things and watching him 
the most the mo- the thing I was most impressed with that guy was his ability to read a ball off the bat. That was the first time I think that I had started learning about like scouting because I was watching the game more than I was playing the game. Right. So I'm watching him. I don't know. Is it Field of Dreams where you see? It's either Field of Dreams or Eight Men Out where Shoeless Joe Jackson. You see him like shift his feet, right? Because he recognizes where the ball is going to go, or he's anticipating something. Katsa had that. He hit all the home runs. He had the arm. He was Superman. Those were the things that I remember saying. Like I remember going, Katsa. This is me scouting in my head. He's going to play twenty years in the big leagues. He may not hit four nineteen, but he's going to hit two sixty, two seventy for twenty years, and he's going to be a team guy. And you don't realize that there are guys just like that. Yeah, they just he ended up being that guy. I mean, he wasn't a superstar, nope. but no, he was a I smart don't think guy. He ever made an all star game? No, um, he I don't he didn't win championships. Didn't, didn't he win one with the Marlins? But like the fifth, he was like the fifth outfielder. Yeah, he might have gotten. Or he wasn't. He wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't there during the. He wasn't on the right. postseason roster type thing. Um, but he did play like twenty years, seventeen right. something years, and and he did hit two sixty or two seventy. Not that that meant anything, but I was just like that was my evaluation at the time. I saw that watching Ted Silva pitch, right, was but the I, same. But I bet you, if a guy could say, let's take Cordero, mm-hmm. right? He has it. He gets he gets an All Star. He gets the most saves for at one point with the Mar or with the Montreal mm-hmm. oh. or the, in, in the Nationals. And his season's over, what, four years, five years? Mm-hmm. It was boom. If you'd have told him, would you like to do 20? I bet he takes the 20. Yeah. Yeah. Those little spurts of, I mean, those little spurts of glory are kind of cool to relive too. Right. But yeah, if you can make a living out of that, it's baseball is such, I can't even remember the numbers uh, that they are right now, but out of high school, you know, the fact that you going in to play college is like 2%. Right. 2% of high school kids go and play college. And then 1% or 2% of college go in to play minor league. Minor and then, league, And then yeah. 1% of those minor leaguers get the opportunity to play right. at the next level. So we're and talking— that's only like a three-year—I think Major League yeah. Baseball is a three-year life cycle and that was And that was like— the numbers a long time ago. So like I didn't I didn't know I was I didn't know that those were the odds that I was playing right. against. So So uh, ninety six comes along and yeah. seven. Arms starting to feel alive again? Uh yeah. I'm chomping at the bit to actually get out there and, and when do you finally get on the bump and feel like you're becoming you again? Uh fall. What's what's weird is I don't think I ever felt like I did in high school. Well yeah. But, but that first game, I needed to get my feet wet because I hadn't pitched in competition outside of inter-squad games in now three and a half some right. odd years. And I remember going, we went to Pacific, and we played at their old park. It was all damp and wet and gloomy, and I was sick. I don't know how to tell Coach Garrido that I'm about to toss my cookies in the dugout. <laughs> and that 96 team's... Supposed to be great again. Yeah, I mean they came. Well, I think we came in number one team. We were fifty-seven yeah. and nine. Kotze's all of a sudden, on there. here. Teams loaded and yeah, everybody's so, thinking repeat. Woo-hoo. We actually ended up going. I want to say it was thirty-six and two to start the season. Mm-hmm. So fifty-seven and nine plus thirty-six and two. That's a pretty good string of right. of games. But 
we get to Pacific. I'm sick. I have to tell Augie Garrido that I'm sick. And I've gotten to know him now. Then you don't mess with him. This isn't something you mess with. But I didn't feel like I was doing any good being in the dugout. I was going to throw up on somebody. I was feverish. When I, I didn't have to say anything. I walked up to him, and him and Cliff Hatter were sitting next to each other. And Cliff goes, I'll take you back to the hotel. <laughs> He's you like, must have just been great. I, I was white sweaty. and sweaty. And I remember, I, I don't know what it was, but I went back to the hotel, Stemma slept flu. it off. I had the flu of some sort, slept it off, came back the next day, and got in my first game. Um, that felt great. I what can't. What did you come in? It was late relief, so sixth, seventh okay. inning, something like that. I don't um, feel. Uh, pretty surreal. Like I don't really like. I remember f- like feeling like I was floating. Like well, I didn't. I didn't have any control of what was happening. <laughs> I just muscle memory for sure the whole time. So did that. Um, well, hold on. Don't just jump. How did that? How did? I mean, so you, how did it go? I mean, come on, you're, you're, you haven't thrown for three and a half years competitively. I, Are there competitive juices? Are you feeling like, okay, I, I could do this? Yeah, uh, yes. And I, I, I don't know, know that I don't, years ago, I don't, but, but I don't know that I put so much into that moment because, okay. as you know, in college, there's the whole fall, there's the whole. I've been pitching and I've been throwing and I've been throwing strikes. It was mostly those competitive juices that I hadn't faced another team, hadn't had the possibility of letting your teammates down, that kind of stuff. Right. So it was great. I was I was glad to be in that situation, but I also knew my place because of who was ahead of me in the rotation and in the bullpen. So I was mop-up guy. Okay. My, my, but, but you got to get those ju- innings in. Absolutely, absolutely. But I was mop-up guy. So it wasn't like I was going in to make a difference. I was going in. And maybe I did in that game. I think I, I think I was a stopper in that game. They needed my slider. They needed me to get an out or whatever it was. But I ended up pitching an inning or got out of it scoreless, if I remember correctly. I don't even want to go back and look because I probably didn't. But it was great to be back, like great to be um, legitimately – I'm playing a game. So let's talk about the slider. Because I've heard that this slider <laughs> gave Kotze fits. Yes. It was, it was wicked nasty. Gave, gave Kotze. And I've heard from Dave, from Rick, from George. I didn't ask Augie, and I'm an ass, and I should have. But they all said it was nasty. It was... Uh, don't the, be humble. No, no, no. I, I won't be humble. I was, I'm going to try and compare it. It was like Vinny Pistano's slider. Okay. Um, when it was going good, it had more bite. Could was, you feel when it was going good? Like, oh, today's the day. Yes. And actually, no, it was the next year that I got it. I got a fine tuning my senior year. But yes, my slider, the days that it was going good, I could throw it wherever. And Coach Horton and Coach Serrano both used it as a, what they call a backdoor slider. Okay. And that's throwing it. So if it's sweeping to one side, you're actually making it sweep to the inside. If I'm throwing, I'm a right-hander and I'm throwing to a right-handed batter, I'm throwing it behind the batter trying to catch his knee Uh and get that strike. And I could do that. So when things were going well, which was more often than not with my slider, I could do that. So... I had probably lost three or four miles an hour from high school to college on my fastball after the surgery. Okay. So I'm not a powerhouse anymore. So what are you I'm, throwing, 86? Uh, 
on a good day. Two? 84. Okay. Probably 84. It's like Jared Weaver's Yeah, when I popped 87, guys were like, whoa, what, what just happened? <laughs> so. Um, you really pounded it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what, what was that? Someone's um, on a roid rage. <laughs> so, um, the slider, I, I don't know what it was. It's that three-quarter arm slot that I have. Um, it come, and I'm a big guy, so I'm coming at you. I'm releasing out in front, and I'm more than likely releasing behind you if you're a right-handed batter. Or if you're a left-handed batter, it looks like I'm throwing it into the third-base dugout, right. and it's coming back and clipping clipping the edge, of a, the edge of a plate. So that was... That was my like. That was my claim to fame. <laughs> I mean, it was it was in high school too. I was throwing that same pitch in high school, but in college, I was probably throwing eighty-seven percent sliders. Okay, I was using my fastball as a changeup. Okay, <laughs> but the changeup was I was increasing my speed, so um, and my and my movement. So again, I'm throwing that heavy ball with the two seam, so it's rolling into a right-hander, um, not coming very fast, but moving. I'm getting four or five inches of movement on my fastball, right. and then throwing the slider that's moving two feet at a time. So now this is happening, mm -hmm. starting to feel like Mike again. Mm -hmm. Where is your art in school starting to become a love? Uh, right about then, so I'm... So you're getting your arm and your love. I am. I am, and it's difficult because no one understands what being an art major is, not even me, but I'm living it. And so when we're going on the road and there's study hall for two hours. <laughs> You're doodling. I don't have a computer and I don't have a lot of books that I'm reading. So when Coach Vanderhoek is like, pull your books out and get your studying done, my studying is actually drawing or computer work or these things that are in my major now. Right. There's no laptop back then. So and you... there's no laptop. Right. So he's kind of angry at me because I got nothing. So what I would do is I would bring bring books. To look like you're. To look like I'm reading. Right. Um, and I'm not a bad student, so I wasn't. No, but it's just that, <clears throat> that was the classes you were taking. Yeah. So, so you're gonna bring some half-naked person and start drawing? I would draw. I would. I would do those things. I'd draw people on the not half-naked, but I'd draw people on the bus. <laughs> That's interesting. Draw people in the, Let's talk about that, Mike. <laughs> draw people in the, uh, <laughs> you know, in the in the stands. Sure. Um, when I'm when I had time, I'd sketch and doodle and. <laughs> you have a little easel, sit there in the <laughs> no. dugout and just start drawing. No, but I would I would doodle on the chart. Okay. I doodle on the chart pages and that kind of stuff. So. Or the scrap paper, so I'm just keeping. You know, I'm not. I'm not doing my full school work when I'm on the road. There's, when I had tests and things to study for, I was doing that. But most of the time, I, I had that stuff. And then also, there's that. Now I've got to convince my dad that I need a computer at home, and I don't. I can't have a PC. So my we've got a family computer at the house, but everything that I'm learning at school is on a on a Mac. Macintosh. Macintosh, yes. yes. A Macintosh, like 5600. Yeah, a rainbow uh, apple yes, with a bite that, out of it. that nice cream color. Uh -huh. So I had to talk to, you know, again, I'm not on scholarship, so I'm paying, my dad's paying for school. Um, and I say, I need this computer. It would help me. This isn't one of those things, like, I just wanted a computer. It was, right. I don't have time to be at the school in the lab because the I'm at practice. Right. 
So he ended up buying me a 5600 with a monitor, because you had to buy the monitor separate. Right. Um, and a printer. Wow. Just over 5200 bucks. Jesus. Yeah. Then I had to buy, which was, then I had to buy the software. Right. The Adobe software. Back then, you would purchase, if you needed Illustrator, you buy Illustrator, you buy Photoshop, you buy Photoshop. And it wasn't a big package group. So those, I remember, being $150 a piece um, every time they upgraded. You'd have to pay another $150. Right. That was with the school discount. It was like $350 or $400 right. if you were Student professional. Discount, yeah. right. So I got myself set up at home. You know, At that time, that's when we start getting the internet at the house modems and all I had to buy a right. modem because I needed to be able Dial to have up. email because we started working on how to build websites and things like that in our art classes. So yeah, I'm really interested in this. This is the heyday also of Disney films and uh, I'd say that, that 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 heyday of Disney films, the Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Lion King, Aladdin, that time period was just as influential to me in my art than going to that game in 1981 with my dad about baseball. I don't know what it was, but those animated films with that music at that time period really hit me. Like it really something clicked. Something clicked. And I wanted to do that, but there was no animation at Cal State Fullerton. Right. They didn't have that department they didn't or have the class. Depart- it, was, it wasn't a thing. Right. I mean, you either went to Cal Arts. Right. With John Lasseter and all those guys that are now like, right. I know John Lasseter is on the outs right now, but like at, at the time, um, he, all those guys were doing that thing. Um, and they were building and creating all that new stuff. All that stuff that we know today as Pixar and Disney animation, that was all new and amazing back then. So I was really into that and you you can't get into that any more than I could get into that at the time because there, that information wasn't available like it is today but I was watching I was listening when I was working that was on in the background like movies in the background I'd put that VHS in and let it go and I'd try and find something new about the art of that movie every time I'd watch it um, and so, you're trying to balance being a college baseball player yeah I mean, those, and, and nobody nobody has those interests. Right. No, so no one. So I'm just quiet. I'm quiet. I'm right. quiet about it. Like I'm an art major, at student athlete. That Which is just didn't happen. A unicorn at that point. Yeah, it didn't happen. So when I went to coach and said, "Hey, can I get a computer?" He goes, "Why didn't you ask for this before?" And I'm like, "It's not a. It wasn't a thing. Is it a thing now?" And he's like, "Ah, no, we can't." <laughs> So, like, there was no, like, I couldn't have a laptop with me on, on the road to do anything. So, right. um, I was asking special permission every now and again to leave practice to go to class. Just because art classes, I mean, you're probably aware with photo classes, they're six hours long. Right. And they're twice a week or whatever it is. Yeah. And it's one to, you know, five. Yeah, one to so they're never. Day, yeah. Off days, I'm trying to get in and get in the lab, I'm trying to get teacher time. Our professor time. Um, so it was difficult. It really was. It was, I probably wasn't able to give, I probably wasn't able to give my all in, in the art stuff, 
but I was succeeding. I was in the top 10% of all my classes in terms of the quality of work that I was doing. Um, you know, I don't know where to judge. I, I've always been very humble and critical of myself. So I don't know if I'm really good or if I'm just good at taking little bits and pieces and faking it. Right. Like, a, like this imposter syndrome <laughs> of, I don't, I don't know where I stand on all that. I, I know that I'm talented because people tell me that I'm talented, but I don't feel like I'm creating. I feel like I'm taking bits and pieces of everybody else's creations to create my stuff. So I'm learning all these things along the way. Um, at Cal State Fullerton. So, I mean, because you started classes in 92, mm-hmm. and you go three, four, five, four, your surgery, five, redshirt, six, and seven. In those five years, was there a class, an art class, or a, a professor that they saw something in you or said something, or the class that flipped the switch and was like, I can make a career out of this? Yeah. Because um, you can love yeah, yeah, yeah. art, but then somebody's got to be like, um, yes, student 1745, right. you can do this. Yeah, there were, there were probably two. Um, one, his name was Doug Henry, and the other one, her name was Anna Victoria, and I don't know how to say her last name. It was like A-N-N-E-L-L-E, Anel, Anna Victoria. We all called her Anna Victoria. Um, those two professors treated the class and prepared you for the real world. That's nice. Yeah. It wasn't theory. It wasn't, it wasn't teaching you balance. It was teaching you how to have thick skin. It was teaching you how to present your work in the best light, even though, even though (laughs) you're putting lipstick on a pig. You know, like you're, you're taking a bad design and making it the best you can. They're showing you how to present that to make it not look as bad as it is. They're teaching you practical application, how it's yeah, going to be in the real world. Absolutely. And I really, and they both talked about their real world stuff. So they were professors that were actually working in the industry, which, which you don't see a lot. No, it's and, pointing to a book or a slideshow yeah. and saying that's or, how you... Or their past of 30 years, 30 right. years ago or right. whatever. So you got to take some This is how we it. did it in the 50s. Right. So Thanks, that's helpful. <laughs> and remember, digital graphic design, um, digital graphic design is still really new. Oh, yeah. They're still doing... I, I am on the cusp. I, I'm probably months ahead of... I'm months ahead of the computer switch. To have it, I didn't have to do a lot of pay steps, which I didn't set type by hand. I didn't do. I did everything right. on the computer. We learned on the computer. They were Cal State Fullerton was all in on that. Later, when I go into my jobs, we are just on that cusp too, just outside of the, just outside of, um pay steps and the old way of doing graphic design. There's still aspects of it that are old school, like when you get printer's proof and you know there's separations and all kinds of stuff. Today, you send a PDF to the printer and you get your job and you barely even see a proof because the proof that you sent them is what they're sending back to you to approve. So like, there's the middleman is gone now, so. That was part one with Mike Greenlee. Number two is already uploaded and ready for you to listen.